Hello, and thank you for joining us on Critically Speaking. I'm your host, Cindy Mercer, and we are joined again with Jim Hammer, author of the book, Victory Over a Critical Spirit. Welcome, Jim. Cindy, it's a joy to be with you. Wonderful. Jim, we have been talking at other times about the importance of working together and uplifting each other. Can you tell us a little bit about Barnabas and how that can help us understand encouragement? Barnabas' uh, real name was Jonas or Joseph, but he was changed because he was such an encourager. His name was changed to Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. It was Barnabas that, after Paul's conversion, brought him to the other apostles and encouraged them uh, that uh, Paul was truly converted. So as Christians, we are called to be encouragers. We are called to uplift each other. It's the enemy. In John 10.10, it says the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus have come that you will have life and life more abundantly. So the enemy wants us to destroy each other, and Jesus wants us to encourage and uplift. And what kind of abundant life would we have if we're always beat down uh, by discouragement, uh, by critical statements, by fault-finding everything we do? Can you imagine what life would be like, like if everything that we did, somebody was there to criticize us or to find fault with it? That's why we as Christians are called to encourage and uplift. That's what Christ did. And there's many parables that Christ shared how we are to respond to different situations. But the enemy is there to, you know, he has infiltrated the church so much that uh, people think that what they're doing is what God wants them to do. They have the spirit of the enemy and think they're Christians. Mm-hmm. And we, uh, we have to really take a good look at ourselves. Yes. And a critical spirit, a fault-finding spirit, a negative spirit is not from God. No. And I love the quote that you share in your book that comes from Steps to Christ. And Ellen White says, if we thought and talked more of Jesus mm. and less of ourselves, we should have more of his presence. That's right. Because we really are, Jim, we're all looking for joy and peace, like you mentioned in your book. And guess who wants us to have it? The Lord God. wants us to have that. Amen. We can all look and reflect on times where we have been critical and judgmental. And I think we've mentioned before in a previous episode, there just really is no peace that comes from that. We know that when we're critical and fault-finding of others, that really at the end of the day, we don't feel good about ourselves. And I'm so thankful that you remind us, Jim, that it is the responsibility of the Holy Spirit to yes. transform us. Yes, and and you know, even uh, you know, we re- we rerun these comments constantly uh, through the day. You know, somebody says something to us, we'll re- rerun that throughout the day, and we're laying in bed, and we'll st- still rerun it. And what kind of joy or peace is there in that? No, and that's what the is. enemy he rejoices when we go through things like that. Are there some places in Scripture where we can find that uh, God's people were criticized? You don't have to go very far in Scripture to see God's prophets, his leaders, uh, how they were criticized. And what's interesting to note, what happened to the criticizers? 
Mm. And, uh, and God is no different today uh, than he is then. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. But when we look at Aaron and, and Miriam, the family of the Moses, when they uh, criticized Moses, Miriam became leprous. When um, the brothers of Joseph criticized Joseph, Joseph became a great leader. They became still the servants of Joseph. Yes. And they're just all through Scripture. King Saul, you know, when he uh, wanted to destroy David, he commit, wound up committing suicide. King Saul did. And, um, you know, Haman, and this, this is one of my favorite stories, Haman in, in the book of Esther, you know, he was preparing to destroy Mordecai, constantly criticizing him and finding fault, and he built a gallows to hang Mordecai on. Yes. And Haman was hung on his own gallows. So you can go through all the scripture, uh, the unforgiving servant that Jesus spoke about. You know, he was forgiven everything, and then he went out and grabbed his fellow servant. And then he wound up in prison, you know, the unforgiving servant, the parable. So you can go through all of scripture and find, you know, what happened. Look at Daniel, was cast into lions, and he came out alive, and those that criticized him were put in and destroyed. Just time after time, we can see in Scripture that the Lord deals very harshly with those that sit back and criticize. And I, I don't want the Lord to deal harshly with me. I don't know about you. Do you, Cindy? No, I don't. And as Solomon says, there's nothing new under the sun. We can see that, yes, there was constant scrutiny just in the early church. But what about today? We're still dealing with each other, scrutinizing each other's way of doing things. Yes, and really, wouldn't it be a beautiful church family? Wouldn't it be a good, our own personal families if we looked at others, uh, if we looked at our children, our spouse, through the eyes of Christ? I hand out, uh, when I do these seminars, I hand out a, a card, just a little a card you could use as a bookmark, and it starts with God, then it goes to me, then to my spouse, then to my family, then to the church family, and to the community. But if I don't have, begin with, with God, all the other ones are affected. Yes. Uh, I can't have the relationship with my spouse if I don't have the right relationship with, with the Lord. And the it same way with my everything. children and the church family and so on. It all has yes. to start between the Lord and me. And if it doesn't, everything will suffer down the line. Absolutely. And Jim, I think it's very important for our listeners um, to ponder a statement that's rather sobering that you make. And you said that you don't know of any critical person who has ever brought anyone to Jesus. But you've seen many people leave the church because that spirit wounded their hearts. Yes. That's a lot to take in. I've seen that uh, through the years. People, they will do Bible studies. You know, I'm talking about a critical person. We'll do Bible study with somebody. And I've never seen one person come to church. I've talked to some of them that done Bible studies, but they had just as bad a critical spirit as the person that was giving them Bible studies. So it just filtered over to them. But when it came to the church setting, I just seen so many people leave the church. And then the opposite you know, when a critical spirit entered the church family, people left. I think right. we've all seen that. But when 
the Christ-like spirit entered, people started coming in. And, and I've seen that over and over again. The one particular church I was attending, we had like 20 people, 25 people. And within a year, because the spirit was right within the church, we had tripled our, our attendance. Amen. The Lord just started sending people because he knew we, he could trust us with them. Jim, could you share with us an experience that you found yourself involved in? This, of course, happened before you became a Christian, but you found yourself in an interesting situation with the law. Oh, yes. <laughs> you know, this, uh, when, after I uh, became a Christian, you know, it all fell into place. But while I was going through that, I was uh, arrested for disorderly conduct. Oh, no. Yeah, could you imagine that? No, I can't. (laughs) (laughs) And um, while I'm sitting in a court the next day, matter of fact, I spent the night in jail, sitting in court the next day, uh, this friend of mine that I had known uh, from the neighborhood was in there also. And so I sat next to him, and and I said, "Uh, what are you here for? And I forgot what he told me, but it wasn't as serious what I was there for. And I says, uh, how do you think you make out? And he says, oh, they'll just uh, dismiss the charge. I said, how do you know that? He says, the judge is my personal attorney. And I thought, wow. So I listened with interest uh, when he went up there. And the judge asked him a few questions. And then he says, case dismissed. And he walked out. I went up there and <laughs> and uh, it cost me $15. And that was like 35 years ago. With $15 was worth more. But that thought always, you know, was ingrained in my mind. Then when I became a Christian and found out that Jesus is not only our defense counsel, but he's also our judge. Amen. Do you know the your personal attorney to be your judge? Do you know the judge? And it's all about who we know, not what we know. Mm. And if you know... And have a saving relationship with Jesus. Case dismissed. He'll stand up for us and, and we will enter into eternity. The Lord is doing everything possible to get us into eternity. He's not leaving one stone unturned. We will not be able to blame him for anything that he didn't do because he's doing everything to save us. Yes. We have to make the choice. The same way as the enemy can't force us to sin. We make a willful choice to sin. We can easily make the same choice to be saved and to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit and to follow Christ. That when Christ returns, that we will walk right into eternity with him. Amen, Jim. We have unfortunately run out of time today, Jim. This has been a great, interesting topic. I'm so glad that we can be preparing now for heaven. We want to take on Christ's character. And thank you for bringing this to our remembrance that we do have a judge. We have a defense attorney. And when we are in Jesus, we can be certain that we are on the right trail to going toward heaven. Thank you for joining us on Critically Speaking. Hope that you will be back on our next episode. Thank you and God bless. If you would like more information about Critically Speaking, contact Free Angels Broadcasting Network at 618-627-4651 
or email us through our website at 3abn.org.